Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Such ridiculous things happen around me. Like, I got to be honest with you. I think I deserve to be commended for managing through some of the things that get said during commercial breaks here. Okay? So, Hembo has one of his buddies here. What is his name? Steven Schindler. Well, you'd have to say his last name. But, I mean, what? Okay, Steven. Steven Schindler. Would have been good enough. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a joke to be made in this somewhere. I mean, does he have, does he have a list? <laughs> is that what, obviously. But anyway, okay, so I've, I, he's the only person I've ever heard of named Schindler, aside from Oscar Schindler. But okay, whatever. I don't think there's any relation, right? No, no relation. Okay, so thank you. But, but anyway, so his buddy is here, and we're, all, we're taking a picture together, the three of us. And we get into a con- I don't even know how we get into a con- Because I had mentioned that it was I Love Slovenia Night in, in Dallas the other night about who were great Slovenian players, and we started going through Eastern European players, and some of them we did not know their nationality. And I said, what, what, wasn't there a guy named Ilya Sova? And Hemba goes, oh, yeah, Ursan Ilya Sova. He was a legendary 76er. Bubba, I would like you to analyze this statement for one moment with me, if you can, please. This is the same man, Hembo, who yesterday could not name John Lennon. Right. Okay, so John Lennon who was a legendary Beatle, Hembo did not know, could not say his name. He thought that one of the Beatles was Rex Harrison, not George Harrison. But today he goes, oh yeah, Ursan Ilyasova, he was a legendary 76er. I had to look it up. Ilyasova played two brief stints for the Sixers. Combined, he didn't play 82 games for them. In one of them, he averaged 15 points. In the other, he averaged 10 points. Certainly nice numbers, and he had a good career. But Julius Irving is on line two and wants to have a word about what it takes to be a legendary 76er, okay? This is not Allen Iverson. It is Ursan Ilyasova. And while I'm in no way diminishing Ursan Ilyasova, I'm saying your ability to pull that name right out of your back pocket... Mm while not knowing who John Lennon is, is ridiculous. I guarantee you I'm not the only person in the world that knows who Ursan Ilyasova is that does not know who John Lennon is. You are the only person who's not from Turkey (laughs) who would fall in that category. Okay. In fact, I would guess more people there are he, that John Lennon has more Turkish fans than Ursan Ilyasova. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I would, I would be despite shocked. the fact that Ilyasova is Turkish and John Lennon is a not and B has been dead for forty three years, he's still more famous in Turkey than Ursan Ilyasova. We just wrote this book together with all these uh, historical research nuggets that you have been commending me for. Right. What would you rather I have a deep knowledge of sports or? Rock music. No, I would much rather you have your deep knowledge of sports. Okay. I'm merely saying that it, it is it is 
It says something very weird about you. Ursan Ilyasova is not a name we considered giving a number to. In fact, I don't even know what number he wore. What number did he wear? I don't even know. You see, this is my point. I know what number Julius Irving wore. I know what number Allen Iverson wore. Oh, for the Sixers, he wore 23. We could have given him 23. (laughs) Over Michael Jordan. Yeah. It was a tough choice between (laughs) Michael Jordan and Ursan Ilyasova. By the way, very quick note, um, and we mentioned this earlier today, with our endless thanks and appreciation Got Your Number, which is our book, sell, has been selling out everywhere it goes. Practically every store is sold out, and there are some weights uh, t- on, on these online places that you can order them from, and I don't want there to be. So I continue to find places and to yell at everyone about making them available as quickly as possible. So we found one that we think is the fastest delivery right now. It was. It is going to sell out. It has already jumped on this website to number 19 of all the books since I mentioned it once. So if you'd like to order it right now, you can do it right now. Go to my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. Click on the link that is uh, pinned to the top of the page, and you will be able to order it for immediate delivery. Um, so that would be, again... I'm not trying to add, if you don't want the book, then by no means am I begging you to do this. I'm saying if you're interested uh, in joining this conversation that we are so enjoying, um, then that is a place to do it and get the book as quickly as possible right now. At ESPN Greeny on Twitter, click on the link and you can order right there. Okay. Once we move past Ilyasova, my ballot is in. Let me talk to Bubba for a minute. I'm talking to Hembo all day long here. I, I can't even look at you anymore. Bubba? If this had been your ballot, and I I, uh, listed five choices, the way the NBA MVP ballot is presented, uh, it is the Kia NBA Most Valuable Player Award ballot. It used to be that you just voted for one player. Now you vote one through five, and they get points. So who, if this was your ballot, Bubba, who would you have voted for? I'm sticking with Embiid. I think think Embiid is the MVP. Uh, How about you, Cam? Yep, Embiid. Embiid. Hembo. Yes, I would go Embiid, and I was a late convert. As recently as a month ago, I would have said Jokic. But they were close enough that the way in which Embiid and the Sixers finished their season, juxtaposed with how Jokic did, to me, that was the tiebreaker. That is who I voted for. I voted Jokic second. I voted Giannis third. I voted Jason Tatum fourth. I voted Donovan Mitchell fifth. Mm. What do you think? So Mitchell was a late, a late choice for you, A right? late ad. Who else were you considering for number five? Th- there were a lot of names. I'm trying to remember now. Luca, I, right? I had a whole lit. No, Luca, forget it. Was it was out. I put she- Luca on my first team, but I took him out. Shea Gilgis-Alexander? No. No. So then explain to me the difference between your first team All-NBA and your MVP ballot. What, what does because the, 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 to me, the first team All-NBA, I take the word valuable literally. Donovan Mitchell, I believe, elevated his team. Jason Tatum elevated his team. Giannis elevated his team. Luca put up incredible numbers and had a magnificent year. Shea Gilgis-Alexander candidly was someone I thought about. He had a spectacular year, and the Thunder had a much better year than most anyone was expecting. Um, but when I went through it, when I looked at the numbers, when I looked at the season that Cleveland had, when I looked at, at some of what they overcame to do it, and when I look, Mitchell's numbers are so much better than you realize. Like, how does he get so little? I guess because he went from Utah to Cleveland. Look up his numbers. Oh, he was unbelievable. I, I sat there with my nephew last night, and we went over this stuff over and over and over and over again. And your friend and mine, Matt Williams, who was the NBA researcher for our NBA shows, he is the hembo of the NBA, 
um, he sent me this huge packet, not just me, but all of us who work on the NBA shows, this huge packet. So I had so many stats and so much data in front of me. Sometimes that can drive you crazy, to be honest with you. You, you can let these numbers talk you into things you don't want to. But the one thing that jumped off the page, because I knew who my top four were going to be. So I, I, I mean, I'm only filling five was only the one I'm kicking around, but I, you know, I didn't want to throw it away. Read me Donovan Mitchell's numbers. Oh, he was great this year. He averaged in his first year with a new team, 28 points on 48% shooting, four assists, four rebounds, and by, in, in 68 games. And, by the way, it's not an albatross on defense. The Cavs had the number one defense in the entire league. No. That he, makes a big difference, too. He had a great year. Yeah, I, I felt good about voting for him. Again, that was the least important of them. Um, anything else you want me to go through with you quickly here? Uh, How did you reconcile your center issue with your All-NBA team? I wound up putting uh, Jokic on my first team. You did. But do you want to hear about any of the... I'm going to use the word lesser awards. These, these, that's not a good name. Congratulations to all of them who should. Paolo Boncaro was an easy choice at number one for Rookie of the Year. Mike Brown was my choice at Sacramento for Coach of the Year. Um, they have a new award called, award called the Clutch Player of the Year Award, which I, I believe this is the first year that they've had this. And I had to look up exactly what they wanted it to be, and I looked up a bunch of stats and the player who I thought best fit that, because I, I still I felt a little confused about the award, was De'Aaron yes, Fox. that's the right choice. In Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And so that's who I voted for. Uh, sixth man of the year, Emmanuel Quickly, is who I voted for huh. from the Knicks, uh, with Malcolm Brogdon second. Defensive player of the year was tough. Who was the defensive player of the year? I would have who probably... the odds say? I, or, or whatever the, you're looking the, at. The odds are pulled down. I think I would have voted for Evan Mobley. Best best player on the best defense, but I think Jaron Jackson can make a good case. Draymond Green can make a good case. Who did you choose? Jaron Jackson. Yeah, with, with, yeah. It, 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 he was. The, I thought he was the right choice. Um, and then going down, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, I can give you my all defense team, but no one cares. My my, my first team all NBA was Nikola Jokic and Giannis at the forwards. Again, this was a a conversation we had at great length here yesterday. There are two ways you can do this for all NBA first team. I wanted to make Yoke, uh, Joel Embiid my center because if he's my first choice for MVP, he deserves to be first-team All-NBA center. But I did not want to make Nikola Jokic my second-team center. They give you, because you vote for these things using a drop-down menu, I felt as though since his name was available on the drop-down menu under forwards, like you couldn't vote for him as a guard if you wanted to, but you could vote for him as a center. And so I felt since they were giving me that option... I should do it. He deserved to be first-team All-NBA. So I voted Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Luka, and Tatum. Now you're going to ask me, why Luka if I'm so down on what they did in Dallas? I don't blame him. I don't blame him for almost anything that happened there. He is a flawed player, and I'm not diminishing that. But let's face it, he's ridiculous. I mean, he's so ridiculously good that I gave it to him first. Um, my second team, I made Anthony Davis the center. I, b- but that was how I reconciled the other thing, was taking, because I made Nikola Jokic a five into a four, I felt comfortable taking Anthony Davis and making him into a five, which is what he has played a lot of the year anyway. Mm-hmm. My forwards are Demontis Sabonis uh, from uh, Sacramento, and I did give it to Kevin Durant. I mean, the more I looked at his season, if he had played a full season, I think he would have been my number one choice for MVP. Wow. 
I, I, I think he was. In fact, I was arguing on Christmas when we were doing countdown on Christmas Day. I was arguing for Durant as the MVP to that point of the season in Brooklyn. All he's done is win. Now, he's been hurt a lot, but I felt he deserved it over anyone else I could think of. And then I put Steph and Shea Gilgis-Alexander as the guards on the second team. I'm getting late. We'll do more of this as we continue. Mel's got a mock draft I want to get to. All that on the way. Nature Valley wants to see you and your family out there. When we share our love for out there, we inspire others to protect it. And that's what getting out there is all about. Nature Valley, life happens out there. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hembo, do you know this song? I do not. Is this a famous song? This is the Ramones Blitzkrieg Bop. It means nothing to you. I've heard of them. You've heard, and you've probably heard of it because they, um, they play this at a lot of games. And so this is Hey Ho, Let's Go. Oh, that's the chorus? That, that's, yeah, that's or how the bridge? it goes. That's, that's not the bridge of anything. You, all right, I'm just moving on. I don't even, why do I talk to him? Bubba, you know what I found interesting? While we were in the break. So Hembo was over there with Steven Schindler. Right. So Hembo's got Steven Schindler in here today. For some reason, he felt the need to tell us his last name. He's and, got one of his buddies in here. And his list. And he couldn't have just said, Steve, that's what I mean. Like, you can't tell me that you have someone here who and tell me his last name and have his last name be something as noteworthy as Schindler and expect it not to distract me for the rest of the day. Why is it distracting? You asked me for his name. I provided it. I assume that we would just go on. But, but Schindler is an A. If I said, hey, what's your friend's name? You say Steven Schindler? Like you can't just say, yes, my friend Steve. Well, that wasn't specific enough. 
but it was more than specific. Is he going to get confused for I, the other person? I didn't There's have only to one wonder, friend there. Right. I didn't have to wonder which friend you're talking about. There's only one person sitting in the room. There are three others in the room. But I know all the rest of them, they work here. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I know it's not Bian over here, uh, who's, by the way, I nicknamed him Bian because we have two Ians. So there's Ian A and Ian, Ian B. B. So he's Bian. Clever. Um, and, and I can't see. It was, it was Jonathan sitting over there. And the other person is me. So obviously, I knew which one you meant. Hmm. So if you had just said Stephen, that's my point. And then when you have a name like Schindler... It is going to distract the rest of the conversation. There are some names that just stand out. Like if I meet someone and they're like, hey, what's going on? My name is Steve. I'd be like, oh, nice to see you. And then if their last name is Johnson, Smith, whatever, that's not going to stick in my head. Mm. But if someone says, yes, my, na- my last name is Elijah Wan, I'm not going to be able to forget that. <laughs> Because there's only one Elijah one I know, right? You and don't know more than you don't know more Schindlers than Stephen Schindler. I know one of them. Yes, you and know he, one. Yes, they made a movie about him. He's very, very, very famous. And this is throwing you off. Yes. So I should have just said Stephen and, yes. and left the rest, even though it's not specific. Well, I guess it's just. So let me ask you a question, Cam. I mean, uh, you're a social being, and, sure. and you're you're young enough to be my son. Like, if you're That's just correct. in a in a in a group of people and you bring a friend along. And so when you introduce that friend, do you say their last name? Absolutely not, unless it's that's, asked that's, for. That's the wrong question to ask, though, Cam. What is the question? Because this is a networking event. This is a career opportunity. For who? Knows, who? For, for, for who knows? He might hire you someday in the admissions office at Cedarville University. Hashtag Schindler. You don't know. Let, let's just Who's be clear. hiring who? What? Let's just be clear about yeah. something. At the risk of sounding somewhat um, egotistical, nothing is a network opportunity for me. <laughs> okay? I, I'm doing all right. I don't need to meet Steven Schindler or anybody yeah, else. Yeah, for you, network means something different yeah and so my point is i'm not sitting here thinking boy i hope i've made a good impression on steven schindler i mean while he seems like a delightful person i'm very high Big on Ravens steven fan. schindler so anyway what don't, what did i start this conversation by saying uh, bubba if, what was i talking if you knew about the ramones oh yeah you don't know the ramones the, the thing is too like we call him schindler not steven and so i didn't want to give you that as his only name like if i had said his name was schindler what would you have then said said it's an unusual name, but at least I would have understood. And then you would have said, well, that's just what we all call him. So it's- now, it would have been a weird thing to say. You could have said we all call him Schindler. If you were introducing me to someone You're who didn't You're being a hypocrite. You're no, being no, a hypocrite. No, I'm not. If you were introducing me to someone who did not know me, all right, I, I, we just walk into a room, and no one in the room knows me, and they all know you. And you would have said, hey, this is my friend, what? What would you say? Michael Greenberg. Oh, you would not. You're so insane, insane, Paul. You've never called me Michael in your entire Have you ever life. met? Have you like ever talked to anyone else before? Like this is ridiculous. That's because we've never been in that situation before. That's a very specific case. I hope That's you're true. never in this situation. This is embarrassing. It's true. A lot of people know Greeny. Correct. Like, but my is, point is, plenty of people don't. Let's not act like I'm Brad Pitt here, all right? Some people know me. More people no, don't. No, you think you're famous. You don't think there's any chance that Schindler will ever hire you for anything. I'm pretty confident of that. I mean, having spent just five minutes around him, I'm pretty, I feel pretty good about, about, about positing. Either way. He doesn't have any job to offer me I'm interested in. But now it's memorable. So now you've remembered the name. You guys can connect I'll on I'll never LinkedIn. forget Stephen Schindler, I will For tell you For as long that. as you live. I'll never forget where I was when I met him. But All just right. stop saying last names when you introduce people. I know. That, but Wherever that's what we call go, him. But we no one ever Schindler. does. I never have. Even if you have a friend with a nickname, just use their first name. Here, here's what I will say. My son. So we were, I told you we went to, you know, I didn't get to talk about this much yesterday. Let me say a quick word about how wonderful this was. So my son is an aspiring actor. And if anyone understand what it was like to choose sort of a, 
an off-the-beaten-path kind of profession to be your dream, it's me. No one, when I was growing up, when I was his age, no one wanted me to be a sports announcer. Everyone wanted me to be a lawyer, like my dad. And I always knew that that was my dream, and this was my dream, and if I didn't at least try, I'd never be satisfied. So that's the advice I've always given Stephen. I have no idea if he'll wind up being the greatest movie star that ever lived or not or whatever. But he got the leading role in this play at school, and, and his mother and I went out to Chicago uh, to Evanston to see him at Northwestern in three performances. It was wonderful. So that was a, to see your child, someday you will have this experience with Michelle and maybe even with the other one. Um, and that is that you will get a chance to see them living whatever their dream is. Wh- whatever it is, you know they want more than anything in the world to, to watch them do that. And let me tell you, I, I mean, I, well, whatever. It was, if I start talking too much about it, I won't be able to continue. So let's just say it was very emotional and wonderful for his mom and me and everybody. So that was great. But that's not the point of the story. All of his buddies came to this, right? He's got, you know, he had, he, my son has more friends than it, it, at his age than I've ever had in my entire life combined. So he's got all of his buddies there. So he's introducing me to a bunch of his friends. Mm. Every one of them, he introduces me by a nickname. This is Yappy. This is Shiesty. This is I mean, these are the names he's calling people Shiesty. by. Shiesty. One of Yappy. them. Is Sh- his real name is Leo. <laughs> apparently, Leo. Leo. But, but he goes by Shiesty. He goes by Shiesty. Hmm. And, and and that's sort of a maybe that's a fraternity thing. So so you know, in the goes fr- by Schindler. You have nicknames. Yeah. So if you had said to me, well, everybody calls him Schindler, I would have been fine with that. But you didn't. You said his name was Stephen Schindler. Right. So I guess that's my question, Cam. Is that a thing now? Do you introduce people by their nickname? If you and all your buddies, give me, give me a, an example of someone in your social circle, some guy you hang out with that everyone calls by a nickname. I only have like normal nicknames. Like I have a friend named Joseph, but we just call him JJ. I don't have any yappies or shysties. No, no, anything. Like whatever. My, me. Use me for an example. Everyone calls me Greenie, right? People who know me generally call me Greenie. People know me as Greenie. If, 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 if we walk into a room of people that do not know me, and you're introducing me. Would you say, and everyone's like, hey, who you got with you? I'm like, yeah, this is my buddy Greeny. Would you say Greeny? Would you say Mike? Would you say Mike Greenberg? I'd probably say Mike. Everyone calls him Greeny. See, that's a good answer. That's a good Not answer. Not Michael Greenberg. Michael, you don't even have to say the Mike part. You could say, everybody calls him Greeny. And that would be fine. You could say, eh, you can call him Mike. When people ask me, which I'm comfortable with, I say, I'm 100% fine with either one. Huh. Mike or Greeny. No one has called me Michael Greenberg since I was in fifth grade. You got mad at me last week on Friday when we did GMA. There was yeah. a person who came up to us and said, oh, Hembo, I've never seen you before. It's nice to meet you. And I said, hi, call me Paul. You objected to He this. did. Oh, that's right. I forgot what? about this. That's weird. The producer. So was it Nicole? Was it the woman who produced the segment? It was one of the stage managers. All right. Someone. It doesn't, for the purposes of this discussion, it doesn't matter who it was. Walks into the room. Bubba, you'll love this. So we're sitting in there. It's me, Hembo, Hembo's wife, and, and our literary agent, uh, David Larabelle. And the four of us are sitting in there in this room, getting ready to go on. And this guy comes in and he's like, hey, I just want to say hello. He comes over to meet me, you know, whatever. And then he looks over and he knows who, exactly who Hembo is. He's a fan of the show. And he goes, hey, what's going on, Hembo? How are you? And Hembo, as though he's being polite, says, feel free to call me Paul. Right. 
And I had to stop the entire conversation. Come on. I was like, call me Paul. That's not like if someone called you Mr. Right. Hembikitis and <laughs> you're giving them permission to call you Paul. They're like, oh, pardon me, uh, Dr. Hembikitis. Oh, call me Paul. <laughs> he called you Hembo. He called you something less formal than your name, and you corrected it to something more formal. Right. Feel free to call me Paul. That's exactly what he said. That would be like someone coming up to me and being like, hey, Greeny. And I said, no, no, no. Feel free to call me Mr. Greenberg. <laughs> What is wrong True with story. this guy? True story. Hembo has no social... Yeah. Like, it's like he's never been in a social that's right. environment no, in that's, his life. That's 100% it. He's had no experience. I don't think he's ever left the house. I couldn't just say, nice to meet you. I had to yes, change... Paul. Paul. No, I, I should have, but I just couldn't. Right. <laughs> when he said, what's going on, Hembo, or whatever, whatever word to use, you could have just said, hey, nice to meet you. Right. And like, someone, that's it. And someone, such a fan of the show... That, like, this is the one time this has ever happened in my life where someone was eager to meet me and right. used my nickname. Right. And I ruined it. Ruined it. Completely ruined Call it. me Paul. So that's <laughs> no, what no, no, I'm dealing with here. So somehow we managed to go all of this time, and I never got to the one thing that I found interesting that I found in our last commercial break. So here's what I will promise you. I'm going to come back and tell you what that was, unless something happens during this commercial break that we find even more interesting, and who knows where we may go. But here we are with Mr. Hembikitis, Ursan Ilyasova, and more. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier on Greeny. He's taking his lovely wife out for dinner on Valentine's Day, and so you made a reservation for what time? One o'clock. He made a dinner reservation for one o'clock and is now trying to argue that that can indeed be a dinner reservation because dinner doesn't have to be defined by the time of day in which it is being eaten. It's the formality of the occasion in this case. One o'clock is a Valentine's lunch. Now, there isn't anything wrong with taking your wife for a Valentine's lunch, but you cannot call it dinner at one o'clock in the afternoon. Are you suggesting that one cannot have a romantic meal at 1 p.m.? No. I'm suggesting no that, that that meal is lunch. Yeah, literally no one said that. You can have whatever romantic meal you want to have. It's just going to be a romantic lunch. This is Greeny. You know, the number of things we have to explain to Hembo that every other person walking the face of planet Earth knows sometimes boggles the mind. How do you think fatherhood is going to go for him, Bubba, as we consider, you know, when little Michelle and the other one come home and they're like dad i need some advice for how to handle a a social situation i mean i hope the answer is ask your mother talk to your mother yeah. that's it you have to defer Just do that and everything will be fine don't answer he, any questions i think he's right i'm fine with that but they also might come home and say can you please remind me how it was the cubs won the pennant in 1908 and i'll be able to do that if See, they ever do that please let us know <laughs> me too because then we got some questions about them um, th- that is the one thing that, look, I will say this, there will be no other dad in their social circle who knows more completely irrelevant baseball history than you do. None. And you, you, you have got that market cornered. All right, let me get to what I did see on Twitter that I thought was interesting. Um, and that is that, did you, would you have guessed, based on the way everything went over the weekend, Hembo, that the TV ratings for Sunday, for the Masters, were going to be somewhat surprisingly good or somewhat surprisingly bad? I would have guessed, I would have guessed based upon the fact that they started so early that they would have drummed up interest throughout the day and that they would be surprisingly good. That's my guess. Okay. You're right. I would have been wrong. I would have guessed, based on the fact that I don't perceive John Rahm or Brooks Kepka to be among the most... Um, I don't know, telegenic is not the word I'm looking for. What, what am I trying to say? Among the biggest draws in the sport, they're certainly among the best players. Rom right now might be the best player, but I did not think they were like bringing people to the TV kind of stars. Mickelson's late run up the leaderboard on Sunday came almost by surprise. It, it, was, it was one that by the time you knew it was even going on, it was sort of over. It was too yeah. late to watch it. You know, there was no Tiger there. The whole live thing did not turn out, I don't think. It just was barely part of the conversation and barely part of the, the drama. I mean, I had it in my head, and I'm sure other people did too. One way or the other, I, and, and then and most importantly, the fact that it was over. The, the thing about the Masters is that usually, or frequently, 
you will get to 18 on Sunday and not know who's going to win. I mean, Rom hit a ball that looked like it was out of play on Sunday, hit a provisional on the 18th tee on Sunday, and I still didn't think for one, there was no, he wasn't worried he wasn't going to win. So it didn't have its usually incredibly competitive finish, and yet the ratings were huge. I'm reading this from Golf Digest's Twitter feed. The final round, here it actually says it, John Rom's stellar play sucked out any potential drama down the closing stretch, but that didn't keep the tournament from drawing monster ratings. The final round averaged over 12 million viewers, up 19% from last year. Also makes it the most viewed golf telecast on any network since the 2018 Masters. Now, I will remind you, Tiger Woods won the Masters in 2019. Now, the reason that isn't overwhelmingly a bigger rating is because that got moved up to the morning. You folks, you might remember that, that because of a, a, a storm that was coming in, they played early. So Tiger finished that. I forget exactly what time it was, but early in the day. It didn't end at seven o'clock at night, Eastern time. I think it ended something in the neighborhood of noon or one o'clock in the afternoon. So it must have impacted the ratings in such a way that so. But this weekend, I mean, I'm I'm encouraged and happy. I, I love the sport. Um, it doesn't really make that much difference to me how the ratings are, but I'm certainly happy to see that they were good. My theory would be, like, when I woke up on Sunday, I rem- because I watched on Saturday and there was almost no golf to watch, the first thing I did was turn on the TV. Right. And so my TV was on. I-, I think that probably had a fairly big impact because, like, I mean, to have that much Masters golf on a Sunday was actually great for as much as Saturday stunk. I woke up excited for it. I bet you people turned on CBS at the beginning of the day and never turned it off. That may very well be. Well, one way or another... A lot of folks tuned in to watch John Rahm, and that was great. By okay. the way, I, would, yeah. I don't know if, if you agree with this, but Nance's comment about Kepka is the funniest thing he's ever the said. The CW? Yeah. There <laughs> is, is over there on the CW? On the CW. That is the greatest line he's ever had. It's the best thing he's ever done. It is such a good line. It, it's interesting because it seems out of character, right? It seems out of character for Jim whom I love and admire beyond words, and he's been a guest on this show, and he's, he's just a, a terrific guy. Uh, and, and, I mean, obviously a great, great broadcaster. Um, and probably, like everyone, ev- all the great broadcasters, like Jim is good at everything. He was terrific on the NCAA tournament and, and obviously just is hanging him up after all those years doing that. He's very, very, very good on the NFL. But him on golf is what golf sounds like, right? I mean, mm. it's perfect. No one is better at anything than he is at golf. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I will say this, because you mentioned the live stuff, uh, Bubba. I was actually fairly disappointed by the lack of drama, the lack of vitriol, I guess. Like when Phil uh, sunk that putt on 18, there was like an, a big roar of the crowd as if like Phil was the same old Phil. When, like I, mm. Brooks kept, no, listen, Brooks Kepka, I thought was generally well received. Like where was this? Where was this rivalry? Where is this animosity? Like these guys? Because no, this isn't the Ryder Cup, so that's not going to happen at at practically any golf event, and it's certainly not going to happen there. That's just not the behavior. If you're talking about you were looking for people to be rowdy and all that kind of stuff in the gallery, not going to happen. Now, what I will say is that Dottie Pepper did make multiple remarks of how incredibly pro rom the the patrons following that group seem to be, which is interesting considering that Rom, while he has been in this country a long time, he went to Arizona State, he is still he's not American and Brooks Kepka is. Rom is a is a Spaniard. He came from Spain um 
and uh, and and hence he's a Spaniard, right? And 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 that was a big part of the storyline. Normally, I think the galleries tend to root for the American when there was something like that going on, and they didn't root for Kepka. I would also say that the galleries following uh, Mickelson were nothing compared to what they would usually be. Nothing. Mickelson would have been in the absence of Tiger. By the time he pulled out, there would have been more people following Mickelson than anyone, mm. than anyone, and that's not the way it felt. And he would have been all over TV, and that's not the way it was. Now, again, he made a late push on Sunday, and that back nine was insane. I understand what you're saying. It wasn't. It never got nasty, but it was there. It was more of an undercurrent yeah, to your point that's right. than it was an overcurrent. Yeah, that's right. And I guess that's what it's destined to be. Look. Golf is not a sport that lends itself to those kind of rivalries. It's not going to be like Jordan's Bulls against the bad boy Pistons. Like That's just not the way this sport works. And those players, for all the things they've said about each other, you saw them at the driving range. You saw them hanging out. Like They just, you know, these guys all live in the same five places. Right? All of the golfers all live in either Jupiter, Florida, or someplace. So they all see each other all the time. So we only see them together on television every now and again. But these guys see each other constantly. And so I don't think, look, I think Roy McIlroy feels how he feels and Patrick Reed feels how he feels. And I think a lot of guys don't like him, but I think a lot of them didn't like Patrick Reed before this anyway. Um, I agree with you. It could have been a bigger part of the story, uh, but uh, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have ever expected it to get anything that could be described as rowdy, at Augusta. So you're saying that I was just rooting for something that, in effect, could not happen there. Not could not. Yeah, probably not there. But I don't think it'll happen anywhere. You don't? No. So you think if there's a live guy and a PGA, PGA guy on the 18th and they're tied, there won't be an obvious protagonist and antagonist on the No, I think, but I think there were. I think if Kepka and Rom had been tied on 18, that would have been a big part of the conversation. Mm. One of the things is that Rom put this thing in the freezer early. And that, that, that thing was over. The second he hit that shot on 14, it was over. And Kepka just couldn't make a move. Um, Kepka never really pushed it, and, and Mickelson's eight under was never going to hold up. So Rom won that golf tournament on, on 14, and it was a coronation for the rest of the way home. Um, so I think that's part of it. Look, they only are going to have, unless things substantially change, four opportunities for this in the sport. Right, you're only going to get these guys at the majors playing in the same event. So the U.S. Open is the no, the PGA is coming up. It's at Oak Hill, right? So that's that's it. It's at Rochester in Rochester, New York, at Oak Hill. If on that day, let's just make up the same scenario: Rom, who is a U.S. Open champion, and Kepka, who is also I think is actually a two-time U.S. Open champion are walking up the 18th fairway tied for the lead, then I think that becomes a big part of the story. You do. Yes. Does a live player win the major? Look, you can't dispute the fact. One of the questions going into this tournament was, will the live guys, because they have been playing under so much less pressure, so much less scrutiny, such smaller stakes competitively and less competition on their tour, will they not be as sharp as usual? And you can't argue that they were. Reed was right there. Mickelson was right there. Kepka was right there. Three of the top, is it four or five finishers were live guys? Five, right? Because right. it was, it was who's, who am I forgetting? Who's, it was Rom and it was... Uh, that's right. 
Another one of the PGA Tour guys, but someone. Spieth, right? Spieth oh, Spieth wound up making that climb. Every Sunday, by the uh, way. Every Sunday he shoots 64. Yeah. Spieth, is, he plays that golf course so well. <laughs> but anyway, the point of it is, it's a storyline to me. The players were trying so hard to downplay it. Like the live guys were particularly, and I certainly understand that. You don't want that to be the storyline there. I mean, all the live guys are wearing their live outfits. For, in case anyone doesn't know, like, why is Patrick Reed wearing a shirt with all these aces on it? Why does Phil Mickelson have a hat with a design on it that I've never seen before? Those are the logos of their teams in Live Golf. Um, the reason that Kepka wasn't wearing it, I think, is that his Nike deal hasn't expired. Mm. And so whenever it does, then he'll start wearing their stuff. I mean, I hate it. I, I just hate that this has happened to the sport. I've said this many times. I don't begrudge these guys doing it. If that's what they wanted to do, then God bless them. I'm not going to sit here and tell them they shouldn't take less money to deal with a lot less pressure. If that's what they want to do, fine. But just the fact that it has sort of torn the sport apart in the way it has, I don't know. As one who loves it, I can't stand it. Want to pick some basketball games? All right, quickly, let's do that. And then I want to make one more mention. So we got two games tonight. We got Lakers home T-Wolves, did I see the number eight, minus eight? Eight and a half. Eight and a half now. It's now eight and a half. It just keeps moving up with the Gobert thing. That's because people keep laying money on the Lakers. Public lean? 87%. On the Lakers? Mm -hmm. All right, well, then this is a lock. You you absolutely have to fade the public. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Minnesota plus eight and a half. The Heat are a four and a half point home favorite against Atlanta. No public lean in that game. So I watched Miami play their entire, obviously their whole postseason run last year. Do they feel like a team that's going to elevate in the playoffs? They don't to me. And for a, in a microwave scenario like this, I think, I think Atlanta has the pieces to, to put up 120 on them. I really do. My gut is telling me Miami, which means... If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. The official pick is the Hawks. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. So we're taking the points on both games. Remember, we at ESPN will have tomorrow nights to play in games. All right, one last mention of something very important. Because of your unimaginable support, everywhere we put, we put got your number, it keeps selling out. Um, it is sold out in so many places across the country. The, the numbers on the book have stunned everyone, and we are deeply appreciative. I keep finding places that you can order it online, and I keep begging for more opportunity for it. Um, and right now, the, the fastest place I have found is the link that I put on the top of my – it's the Barnes & Noble site. I put it on the top of my Twitter page. So you can go to my Twitter right now, at ESPN Greeny. You're going to see a tweet pinned to the top of the page. Click on that link and order it right now. My advice is to order it now because it will sell out. It will get to a place where there will be a wait, which is what is happening in a lot of other places. So if you are interested in being a part of this with us, and we are so grateful, ESPN Greeny, click the link pinned to the top of the page. I would recommend ordering it now. Have a terrific day. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.